I'm Erin Delmore, and as we work, we're getting in the Thanksgiving spirit and learning the power of showing appreciation for the people we work with. I've gotten responses back where they're like, I'm having a horrible day right now, but that just made me feel a hundred times better. I just forgot about all the stress. I forgot about the job. I forgot I had a stomach ache today. And that's really why it's so important. This is As We Work from The Wall Street Journal, a show about the changing workplace and everything you need to know to navigate it. Coming up on the show, tis the season for giving thanks. What are you thankful for? Your friends? Your family? What about your coworkers? We're thinking about the ways we can show our colleagues we appreciate them, even the ways we want our managers to be thanking us, because doing it well is trickier than you'd think. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. When's the last time you said thank you to someone at work and really meant it? It can so often go unsaid, or it can feel reflexive, like, thanks for this email. Doesn't exactly give off any warm, fuzzy vibes, does it? But it turns out that saying thank you is key to keeping employees happy. In one recent survey for the employee engagement platform Bonusly, nearly two-thirds of respondents said they would work harder if they felt like their contributions would be noticed by management. Nearly half said they'd left a job because they felt unappreciated. Which is why I'm keen on taking a look at giving thanks. Not only because the literal season of exactly that is upon us, but because our decisions about whether or not we stay in our jobs is one of the hottest issues in the work world right now. Just look at the job market. Yeah, it's cooling a little, but the latest numbers show there are still more than 10 million openings that companies are trying to fill. And a Gallup survey from October found that recognition increases an employee's sense of belonging. And without it, employees are more likely to look for another job. So we'll spend today looking at the ways we show recognition, whether it's to our coworkers, clients, employees, and how we want the people in our work orbit to show their appreciation to us. We'll start with Jacob Coit. This guy is a compliment factory. The signature one-liners he often crafts about his colleagues sound like this. When it comes to taking inbound calls, you're an answering machine. And it's like, because answering machine, but... (laughs) Or this. You must have attended Hogwarts because your rebuttals are magical. Or these. You say the script with so much passion. I thought it was a monologue from Macbeth. If this company was a California role, you'd be the seaweed that holds the whole thing together. Your empathy is like Kool-Aid, the way it adds flavor to a boring call. You are like a steak because workers like you are rare. Do you play soccer? Because when it comes to setting leads, you're really on the ball. He's a supervisor at a call center, and he churns out a lot of compliments. So we use this app called Tiny Pulse, and you send messages to each other. I'll try and send out like maybe 150 to 200 a day or week, depending. If I have time, if I have time. When I first started, I kind of was 
just kind of like quiet. I stuck to myself and stuff. And I remember I would get a couple of them and it was like, oh, wow, they actually think of me. They know I'm here. And I started to send to just like a smaller group of people. And then I start branching it off to everybody. I will send out some like, hey, that was a really tough call. Good for you. Um, hey, I really w like working with you on Sunday. Makes the day go by a lot quicker. But the things I typically send, there are real ones, but they're also like jokey ones, like where I use like metaphors and stuff. I mean, I've definitely learned how important it is to do this because before, I mean, I'm a kind of an awkward guy. So like I wouldn't really like, go out of my way to compliment people. But when you see the difference that it makes in someone's day or week or month or how they even view their job, because I've gotten responses back where they're like, I'm having a horrible day right now, but that just made me feel a hundred times better. I just forgot about all the stress. I forgot about the job. I forgot I had a stomach ache today. And that's really why it's so important is because it just, it can take you out of the whatever's bothering you, just even if it's just for a split second. Since doing this, I feel like I know my coworkers so much more. They feel like they know me more. We were talking, joking around. The day goes by much quicker as opposed to before when I just kind of sat my little corner, dialed out, and didn't really talk to that many people. I've definitely noticed people coming out of their shell a little bit more. We're all like closer and we joke around a lot more. I've definitely moved up in the company a few times and I don't know if this is the exact reason, but I do think it, it holds a little bit of weight that like, I'm like known in the office as the guy who's like really positive and trying to make everyone feel included. It's definitely a tough hurdle to get over to start just complimenting people and being honest about how you feel and things like that and being grateful. It's a little bit difficult to do that first jump, but once you do it, it's so great to see the impact that it has on people. People will appreciate it and it'll bring people together. Not everyone has the ability to send cheeky little compliments to their colleagues through an employer-sponsored app. But everyone has it in their power to say those magical two little words. Thank you. But when and how? Can you say thanks too often? And, come on, do you really need to thank other people for doing their jobs? There's actually research to guide us toward the best answers. That's next. This podcast is brought to you by Northern Trust Wealth Management. There's more to being a successful entrepreneur than just good business practices. What is it about an entrepreneur's childhood that helped fuel their entrepreneurial spirit? What are entrepreneurs doing to cultivate this spirit in their own children and build a legacy beyond their business? Tune in each month to the Road to Why podcast by the Northern Trust Institute, where host Eric Shapea dives deeper with leading entrepreneurs on these topics and more. Find the road to why where you listen to your favorite podcasts. Think you have a cool job? Well, check out Sarah Aljo. She's the director of something called the Love Consortium. Print that on a business card. 
She leads a global network of researchers who use data to advance the scientific study of social connection, including gratitude. She's also a professor in the Department of Psychology and Neuroscience at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. She co-authored a study on gratitude and ran a bunch of experiments to find out how observing expressions of gratitude changes people's feelings, both toward the person giving thanks and to the person receiving it. So, Sarah, you would think that if I thank you for something because I recognize you've done well, you would walk away feeling good. But is there something in it for me, too? So we have some really cool new evidence that thank yous seem to kind of be the gift that keeps on giving. So if you thank me, I feel valued and um, I actually am more willing to work hard on the, the thing that you thank me for specifically. But the person who thanks themselves, they also feel better about the other person because they re- kind of remember what it was that they like about the person. And this is the cool new set of findings that we have. Even people who see that thank you happen, they like you more and they're more willing to kind of go out of their way to help you in the future as well. And we think it's because you've just shown that you're the kind of person who notices other people around you and sees kind of their contributions to what you're up to. Huh. So if I thank somebody at work, other people who are not involved in the conversation overhear Mm -hmm. it and they think more highly of me? Absolutely. I like that. And yeah, And the other cool part of those findings is that they also think more highly of the person you think, both people. So Sarah, tell us, how do people want to be shown appreciation and gratitude in their workplaces? Just a simple verbal thank you really goes a long way in our data. By verbal, I mean, you know, the words thank you or calling out somebody in an email or kind of face-to-face. I don't really think it needs to be an over-the-top gesture of gifts or, uh, I mean, raises are probably really, really helpful to show people that you value value (laughs) them. Um, The rest of the story is that in our work, it's really about kind of, if you do appreciate someone, a great way to show them is to really meet them where they are. So say what it is about the thing that that they did that's really particularly noteworthy, or if you just appreciate them as a person, then show them that you see them as a person and you kind of see that they, their needs and their interests and that that meeting the needs of employees is one really important way to show employees that you appreciate what they're doing and that you value them. Okay, Sarah, let's try something. Let's say that I want to thank an employee on my team for doing something above and beyond her job description. Let's say I noticed that she took the intern under her wing. How should I say thank you? Yeah, so I would just say, gosh, you know, I I noticed that you have really gone above and beyond to take the intern under your wing. This is something that I know that not everybody does, and we really value that contribution. It's a really important way that I see that you tend to contribute to the welfare of the other people in our group. Oh, man. That would be one way. Okay, so I would be ready to say that to someone who worked for me. Great, okay. So what should I not do? What can backfire? Well, I haven't been a big fan of this trend of thanks in advance. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And the reason is that in our data, it's really about thinking for something that's already happened and really like being clear about the specific ways that it's above and beyond. And I've seen whispers in people's data that it's uh, that it actually could potentially backfire because it's a little presumptuous <laughs> that yeah. the person is going to do the thing. Okay, so 
it's a bad idea for me to say thanks in advance for taking the intern under your wing before she even does it, right? I would advise against it. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> it uh, it might not make the person feel warm and fuzzy toward the intern that you're trying to help, <laughs> kind of help her have a relationship with. Gotcha. I want to try another. Mm -hmm. So let's say that you and I are colleagues, and let's say that you've been out sick and I've been picking up the slack, mm -hmm. and I didn't make a big deal about it to the team or to the boss. Mm -hmm. How are you going to say thank you to me? I would probably do a team-based thank you. Maybe other people were aware that you were picking up the slack for me or that I was out or whatever. I really would try to make sure to acknowledge your contributions so that ideally, actually, other people might also see the value of what you've brought to the table. Because, you know, it takes a team. Yeah. Well, that's exactly where I'm headed. <laughs> so let's okay. say that I'm leading a team and everybody's been sprinting toward this big goal. We're not there yet. How and when do I say thanks? In the middle of the goal, you can say thank you for whatever it is that they've done so far. And I would keep their eye on the prize. I would just thank them for the specific things that have gotten them so far, but then also add something about like, can't wait to cross the finish line with you or something like that. Okay. I see your subtle reminder, but the job is not done. In a positive way. <laughs> in, a, in a nice way. Well, yeah, exactly. look, there's a whole nother school of thought here where I'm wondering if I need to thank you for doing your job. Yeah. That, Let's say it's mm -hmm. not an above and beyond. You know, mm -hmm. it's my team's job to hit this goal. Mm -hmm. yep. Okay. It's what you come to work for. It's what we pay you for. Yep. Do I need to be thanking you for doing your job? Um, the answer is yes. Okay. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you're not thanking them for doing their job. And I think that's the kicker. Any job like that is, has a huge number of components to it. You can just thank them for part of the process that they've worked on that has seemed to be exemplary. And yeah, I, I when I first started studying this, I really got that um, kind of pushback from people, that sentiment that like, oh, I shouldn't be thanking the person for doing their job. But, you know, again, all of our data show people want to feel valued and it can be motivating. The rest of the story, though, is about you as a leader. We have cool evidence that managers who thank people and actually most people who thank other people are actually seen as more competent and better leaders. Huh. I, I have heard the whispers behind this, like it's kind of a submissive type yeah. of a thing to thank somebody. And so especially if you're the person who's supposed to be in power or higher in the hierarchy, then why would you thank the kind of lower ranking person? But all of our data suggests that actually it's the opposite. People see you as more competent <laughs> if you're the kind of person who actually sees the, the value in the work that your, your employees are doing. So you don't come off looking weaker or more vulnerable or in need of other people stepping in to do the work. Exactly. Yeah. But can you thank somebody too much? Mm. I can imagine people can think about someone in their own personal life who is an overthinker. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, like every single thing they thank you for. But on average, if it's for real things, if it's genuine for like, oh, the person really did kind of go above and beyond and you're not pretending that they did something more than they actually did. In general, we haven't been able to find any evidence for overthinking. What do you most want people to know about showing gratitude at work? If you feel it, don't forget to say it. And it's easier than you think. Say it with sincerity, 
about a specific thing that the person did that went above and beyond and remember how much that person will get a little boost out of hearing that thank you, even if it's just a little thank you. Well, Sarah Aljo, thank you so much for coming (laughs) on this program today and for sharing your expertise and being so generous with your time. How about that? It was my pleasure. Thank you. (laughs) I and our listeners appreciate it. Very well done. (laughs) I was really glad to hear Sarah Aljo tell us there's no such thing as saying thank you too often, as long as it's sincere. And she says, if I thank someone, they feel more valued and they're more willing to work hard on the thing I thanked them for. And I end up remembering what I like about that person. And the people who see me say a little thank you are more willing to go out of their way to help me in the future. That's why she calls it the gift that keeps on giving. Remembering what you like about your colleagues, even in stressful times, is actually at the heart of our pro tip today. We're talking about how to get along with the most annoying person in your workplace. That's next. We together appreciate your time. Oh, that was beautiful. (laughs) Thank you for having me. (laughs) Okay, I'll keep working on it. You are very good. (laughs) And I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) We could do this all day. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. Robert Half is here to help. Our recruiting professionals utilize our proprietary AI to connect businesses with highly skilled talent. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You know that person at work. The one who sings to herself incessantly. The one who's always late to meetings. Guys, sorry I'm late. And makes everybody start over. So what did I miss? The one who makes loud phone calls at his desk. Hello? Which is, oh so conveniently, right next to yours. Yeah, no man, things have been crazy Well, Wall Street Journal columnist Elizabeth Bernstein says you can learn to like the most annoying person in your life, and even the most annoying person in your office. She's here to show us how. Elizabeth, many of us are in the office more now than we've been in years. So how do we learn to like somebody who we find annoying? When we don't like somebody, we behave a certain way. We may tense up, cross our arms, roll our eyes, you know, turn away, do all sorts of things that can let that person know that we don't like them. And you really have to start with your own behavior. And where you can do that is to start with empathy. And so just start and think, I wonder what's going on with that person. I'm going to give them a little grace, cut them a little slack right now. And so that's one way. So another is, you know, don't gossip. That just enforces your own negative opinion of the person. It just enforces negativity across the board. If the aim is more positivity and to like people better, you need to cut out the gossip too. What if it's a small thing? Like I'm just thinking about somebody who just taps on their desk or some small thing that breaks your concentration while you're trying to work. Is it ever time to speak up? How would you even do that without making them upset? 
So one thing I'm a big fan of deep breaths, <laughs> deep breaths first, count to 10 in your head. Uh, it's always hard to do. But then with kindness, you know, you don't have to, we don't have to walk around with resentment all the time. We can say, hey, you know, I don't even know if you're noticing this, but you know, you're tapping the desk. I'm trying to write, <laughs> you know, just can make it even funny. I know I drive you crazy doing, you know, clearing my throat, whatever it is. But again, sort of with kindness and humor, humor always helps. Okay, gotcha. All right. So Elizabeth, if you're in an office and there's somebody who you just can't stand, but you also can't get away from them, how are you going to kill them with kindness? Well, I think I'm going to try to get to know them and I'm going to try to give them compliments and I'm going to look for ways to do that, look for reasons to do that. So I might ask a lot of questions. You know, I'd start to ask like, hey, you know, do you have kids? Like, where do you live? You know, that kind of thing. What do you like to do? You know, I try really hard to get to know them that way. Okay. And does that help us? I mean, if we can start to see even our most annoying colleague as a human person with so many things that they bring to the table, can that take the edge off? Exactly. So sorry, my dog's gone. Um, I'm sorry. She's gone nuts. Scout, come on. So is she your annoying colleague right now? I love her to death, but boy, can she be annoying. She's the one who can always interrupt my writing, that bark. Well, Elizabeth, one thing that you mentioned in your column is going on a hike together or doing something outside the office. But I've got to be honest, if somebody's annoying me at work, would I really want to ask them to go do a bonding activity with me? You probably wouldn't say, let's go hiking or let's go to a comedy show or a concert, but you may say, let's go to coffee or, you know, okay. hey, there's free food on, on, you know, floor seven. We just got an email, want to walk over. So there might be a, like an easy way in. Okay, well... Let me ask you, what are your pet peeves at work? Anybody who talks to me while I'm really concentrating or trying to write, anybody who just pops by to say hi and they can see that I'm really deep in concentration, that that might not be such a pet peeve, but I find it super annoying. Well, on that note, I'm really glad that I stopped writing to talk to you. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I don't mind speaking from experience here. If you can find a way to get along with your most annoying colleague, it'll make your day lighter and easier. What else would ease some of the stress you're feeling in your work life these days? Next time, we're bringing on two of our Wall Street Journal colleagues to help answer your questions, including how to get ahead and get in front of management while working remotely, and how to deal with potential layoffs on the horizon. That's coming up in two weeks. Like the show? Tell all your friends. And be generous with those five-star reviews. We appreciate it. As We Work is a production of The Wall Street Journal. Charlotte Gartenberg is our producer. And Jonathan Sanders? You are like Babe Ruth, the way you always knock it out of the park. And he's also our booking producer. Scott Salloway is our supervising producer. Jessica Fenton is our sound engineer. Our music was composed by Hansdale Sue. I'm Erin Delmore. See ya. All right, gotta go. Oh, wait, what? Okay. Bye. <laughs>